Listener Production. Hello and welcome to another episode of Huh? Science Explained, a weekly podcast brought to you by Listener and Cosmos. Today you've got me, Emma Perfetto, considering whether alcohol and antibiotics are friend or foe. Picture this. You're at the pharmacy, feeling kind of unwell as you're picking up a script of antibiotics that your doctor prescribed you. And the pharmacist says, remember, don't drink alcohol while taking these. But why is this the case? Apart from getting really drunk and forgetting to take your medicine, that is. Can drinking while taking antibiotics make you feel sicker than you already are? Does it alter the efficacy of the medications we're taking, for better or worse? Does it really matter that much? To start off with, let's get into the spirit and establish what alcohol actually is. Broadly, alcohol is a class of organic compounds that have one or more hydroxyl groups attached to a hydrocarbon chain. Those are some weird chemistry terms, but a hydrocarbon chain just contains carbon and hydrogen atoms. Think of the carbon atoms as the metal links of a bracelet, while hydrogen atoms branch off them like charms. A hydroxyl group is a hydrogen atom bonded to an oxygen atom, which is then bonded to a carbon atom of the hydrocarbon chain. Alcohol is used in solvents, hand sanitizers, and cosmetics, but the specific alcohol found in the drinks that we consume is called ethanol, or ethyl alcohol, which means that the hydrocarbon chain contains only two carbons. Ethanol is made when sugars, usually sourced from grains, fruits and vegetables, are fermented by single-celled organisms called yeast. Some drinks are associated with specific sources, for example, rice for sake and corn for bourbon. Lots of people associate vodka with potatoes, but in fact the majority is made with wheat, and there are lots of other quirky sources, including sheep whey and sourdough bread. But to keep things simple, I'll just refer to alcohol from now on. When you're sipping on your drink of choice, a small amount of alcohol is immediately broken down or metabolised in your stomach into acetaldehyde. But most of the remaining alcohol is absorbed into the bloodstream, through the stomach and upper small intestine. Once it arrives, only a small amount of alcohol is metabolised, while the rest leaves the liver enters the general circulation and is distributed through the tissues of the body. This is called the first-pass metabolism. It's at this point you're starting to enjoy that tipsy feeling, as alcohol acts as a depressant to slow down the messages that travel between your brain and your body and affects the way you think, feel and behave. Then, the remaining alcohol returns to your liver to be metabolised for the second and final time by several enzymes which are proteins that catalyse biochemical reactions, the most important of which here are alcohol dehydrogenase and cytochrome P450. These and other enzymes downstream break down the alcohol until, in the end, carbon dioxide and water leave your body. Now we know about alcohol, what about antibiotics? If you haven't already listened to it, I covered antibiotics pretty extensively in another episode of Huh? Science Explained about antibiotic resistance. 
Antibiotics are substances used to treat bacterial infections by either killing bacteria or inhibiting them from growing. Some antibiotics are broad-spectrum, meaning that they affect a wide range of bacteria, while others are narrow-spectrum and only work on specific pathogens. Antibiotics are grouped into classes based on their chemical structure. For example, the well-known class of penicillins. Now, different antibiotics within each class can often work in different ways and against different bacteria and have different side effects. Once in the body, antibiotics are either eliminated in their active form through the kidney or are metabolised by the liver. A 2020 review, which was published in the journal Antimicrobial Agents and Chemotherapy, looked at all the scientific evidence available behind alcohol and antibiotic interactions. They combed through 87 studies to determine the evidence behind the alcohol warnings issued for many common antibiotics. And what they found was that, actually, alcohol consumption shouldn't cause problems when taking a number of different common antibiotics. The available data supports that oral penicillins are safe to take while also drinking, which is good news since these are some of the most frequently prescribed antibiotics, including amoxicillin or ampicillin, for instance. The two antibiotics, ceftonia and cefpidoxime, were also shown to not have any interactions with alcohol. These are from the class of antibiotics called cephalosporins, which are a large group of antibiotics derived from the mould acrimonium and work in a similar way to penicillins. This is also true for the broad-spectrum class of antibiotics called fluoroquinolones, as well as azithromycin from the class of antibiotics called macrolides, and tetracycline from the class of antibiotics with the same name. I can keep listing out, but I think you get the idea. The available data supports that certain specific antibiotics, and more broadly a couple of select classes of antibiotics, show no adverse interactions when taken with alcohol. But before you raise a glass, that's not where this podcast ends. Have you ever noticed that when you drink, you need to pee more than usual? It's highly inconvenient and happens because alcohol is a diuretic, meaning it promotes the loss of water from the body through urine. That's why you get really dehydrated and one of the reasons you wake up with a splitting headache the next day. So it's a good idea to avoid drinking alcohol when you're sick. For that alone, you should be drinking plenty of water, not actively trying to lose it. We also know that alcohol can interact with medications in two different ways. Pharmacokinetic interactions occur when alcohol interferes with the metabolism of a medication, or the medication interferes with the metabolism of the alcohol. This generally happens in the liver, where both alcohol and some antibiotics are metabolised, even sometimes by the same enzymes. An example of this is the frontline anti-tuberculosis antibiotic, isoniazid. On its own, isoniazid can cause acute liver injury, and alcohol can exacerbate this. In people who consume alcohol occasionally, the enzyme only metabolises a small fraction of the alcohol ingested, but its activity can be increased tenfold in chronic heavy drinkers. I'm talking three to four standard drinks per day. When alcoholics are sober, this enhanced activity can increase the rate of the breakdown of the antibiotic. 
But when intoxicated, the alcohol in their system competes with the antibiotic to be metabolised, and the antibiotic's breakdown is slowed. Messing with the metabolism of medications can have adverse reactions, and in this case, it can lead to exacerbated liver damage. The second kind of interactions are pharmacodynamic. In these cases, the sedative effects of alcohol enhances the sedative effects of a medication, particularly in the central nervous system, and can impair your ability to drive or operate machinery. The antibiotic erythromycin is used to treat a wide variety of bacterial infections. Erythromycin increases gastric contractions and accelerates the emptying of the stomach, which means it can reduce that first-pass metabolism of alcohol and lead to faster alcohol absorption in the small intestine. A study from 1993 found that peak blood alcohol concentrations were higher after taking erythromycin, increasing by 40% on average. Now, while this might sound like a neat hack to get drunk quicker, unfortunately, alcohol also decreases the efficacy of erythromycin, so probably not a good idea after all. And for bonus unpleasantness, there are the antibiotics that can unexpectedly trigger a disulfiram-like reaction when mixed with alcohol. Disulfiram is a treatment for heavy alcohol use, It inhibits an enzyme important to alcohol metabolism, which causes the rapid accumulation of a toxic byproduct of alcohol metabolism in the blood. This causes some really unpleasant side effects, including facial flushing, nausea, headaches, vomiting, chest pain, vertigo, sweating, thirst, blurred vision, and low blood pressure. Unfortunately, Avoiding this reaction isn't as simple as telling you a specific broad class of antibiotics to steer clear of, because while some antibiotics in a class may trigger it, others don't seem to. And that 2020 review actually found that the reaction occurs with uncertain frequency and with varied severity across various antibiotics. So it's a bit of a lucky draw. For example, I mentioned before two types of cephalosporins as being safe to consume with alcohol, but there are five other antibiotics in this class that have been found to trigger disulfiram reactions with varied severity. There's also the broad-spectrum antibiotic metronidazole, which you might know as flagyl, that has moderate evidence to back up a disulfiram-like reaction. At the end of the day, there are a lot of different types of antibiotics, and each individual person's medical history and infection are varied as well. You've got a lot of variables to consider in each situation. So please, as with all medications, talk openly with your own healthcare professional about the effects of it on you. Cheers for listening to me talk about intoxicating interactions between antibiotics and alcohol. We'll be back soon with even more weird and wacky answers to life's questions. But in the meantime, you can head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next week for another Huh? Science Explained.